Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Christmas is coming, the luxury vegan nut roast is getting fat. Marketers UK-wide, worldwide, we hope, are preparing for their Christmas parties. But will it be a happy Christmas in the world of marketing skills? Has it been a happy year in the world of marketing skills? And to answer that question and more, I'm delighted to welcome back to the CIM podcast, Mr. Daniel Rouse, who is CEO of Target Internet. This is going to be his second appearance on the CIM podcast. And he'll be joined today by one of the all-time greats of the CIM podcast. That's Miss Gemma Butler, who is Marketing Director at CIMHQ. Daniel, Gemma, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. I'm very well indeed, thank you. Got some interesting data to go through. Interesting in what sense? Will it be a happy Christmas? Has it been a happy year in the world of digital marketing skills? In, in a year of skills, it's been a shocking year, I think, is actually the reality of it. But that's reflective of where we are. So I think there's an opportunity in these things. So I think we, we can, we'll go through and explain things, but you have to look at it in context of what's happened with the pandemic and also what's happened in the background of the fast-changing world of digital. But we'll get into that. So it's the third year of your report. You can compare and contrast this year, your results with previous years. You use the word shocking. It's not a nice word to start it off, but nevertheless, it gets to the heart of the matter. Why shocking? What's happened? Well, let's put the report in context. So the way it's done is this is not one of those reports that looks at people's opinions on things. What it actually does is go through and we've tested over 7,000 people's skills now. So we've got this digital marketing skills benchmark. It tests people's skills across a whole range of different disciplines, analytics, SEO, uh, email marketing, general marketing skills, and so on. And we did it in 2018, did it last year. We've done it again this year. And what we've basically seen is pretty much across the board, skills have either stagnated, so they just haven't moved since last time, or in the majority of cases, they've gone backwards. So actually, skills have got worse. Now, I'm not entirely surprised by that, because first of all, we saw that between 2018 and 2020. And and the general explanation of that is that marketing, particularly digital marketing, is moving quickly. You know, the social media platforms are evolving. There's new technologies. The Google algorithm is changing. There's new artificial intelligence technology, all the all these different things that are going on. And what it really means is if you are not constantly updating your skills, you're going backwards because the benchmark tests against it, it's not just asking the same questions. It's going through and asking questions in the same areas and they're weighted, but it's looking at the latest kind of changes and so on as well. So it really means we're, we're not surprised to see that because we know keeping your skills up to date is challenging. But we would have expected, you know, normally to see a little bit of an uplift in some areas. Um, We would have expected a little, a small shift backwards, maybe. We've seen major shifts backwards. So I I think we have to dig a little bit deeper and work out what's going on. We certainly will dig a little bit deeper before we get there. I mean, it doesn't actually meet people's perceptions, does it, Gemma Butler? You know, we, CIM has taken a poll of its uh, uh, members and there's a general perception among the membership of CIM at least or the, the poll uh, respondents at least that digital skills are improving 
Daniel Ryers is revealing to us that in fact that's not the case and in fact the opposite is true. Yeah, I think, you know, a poll is based on the results of how many people have, have answered that poll, which is something that I continuously moan about because, you know, we can't we can't attribute that to everybody. But, you know, within those people that have answered that poll, they probably have upskilled and, and focused in that area. I think one of the one of the things that we've absolutely seen over 2020 and certainly 2021 is an increase in upskilling, but as marketing as a function saw itself elevated when we went into lockdown and when different countries went into lockdown, was there was a focus on communication, brand, brand reputation and strategy as, you know, organisations look to marketing to say, how on earth do we communicate? And in some ways, digital almost became just a channel as opposed to a broad range of skill sets. So how we engaged, suddenly became much more important than the where we engaged. And I think, you know, we've seen that shift absolutely. And there's only certain parts of um, our digital courses. So the digital masterclass still remains one of our highest, you know, top five courses. And then interestingly, SEO. So, you know, search appearing at the top of those of those lists has come up to the top, whereas everything else has kind of just dropped down underneath, as I said, communication, strategy and brand. Yeah, and that's kind of reflective what's come back in the in the report as well, because there's there's two areas we actually saw increasing. And the first one was general marketing. General marketing is yeah, the fundamentals of marketing. And actually it's improved greatly. So that was really good. And actually I think that's a really fantastic bit of news because that should underpin everything. What we've moaned about previously is people really good at the tactical digital stuff. They didn't know the fundamentals of marketing. That's terrible because that means that you can't, you know, you, you're not building on the basis you're doing without a plan behind it a lot of the time. So I think actually that will that will play out well for the future of digital because we're basing things on user journeys, personas. We understand your our value propositions, all those different kind of core things that need to be done. So that's good. My worry was the only other thing that went up slightly was email marketing. And what that tends to mean is that we're leaning on it more. And we've been doing this for long and it's like, right, we're stuck. There's a pandemic. Send out more emails and just kind of throw them out there. And it's it's great if people are doing it better. But it's like what we said last time we did this. We saw content marketing skills last time go up slightly. And that that sounds like good news. But it really wasn't because it went from basically being absolutely terrible to slightly OK. And what that means is that there's more rubbish content out there. There's just more people just pumping stuff out. And that just adds to the noise. So the overall picture has always been digital skills are behind. Going back to the point, the difference between the, the CIM poll and the results of this, those people that were polled, if they're members, they're kind of likely to be people that are focusing on the skills anyway. And actually, the people that are responding to things about skills are likely to be focusing on skills. So exactly as Gemma says, there's, there's, a, there's potentially a skew in there. I mean, I know that if we look at search volumes in things like Google Trends, there was a massive uplift for people searching for online courses around digital marketing. So it's not that people haven't been seeking this stuff out. It's just the reality that we were looking for courses. We weren't necessarily spending as much time on them as we thought we would. Because, you know, we, we thought, oh, I've got free time. It's a lockdown. I'll sit and just do some online courses. Didn't really work like that in practice. But also the conferences we were going to, you know, it, it, it went a bit one way broadcast because you weren't interacting yeah. in the same ways. You weren't doing the face to face training. But more importantly, that peer to peer learning. I mean, it, it, it kind of brings me on to something else in the report, which was looking at the levels of seniority and actually the group that 
that struggled a bit with this was the most junior groups to some extent, like the interns and the the execs and so on. And I think a lot of that, that learning was being done on the job. They were sitting in with people, they were learning. And I think that that was a challenge for them as well. So I, I can kind of see why these things have happened. And you can understand in an environment where you haven't got the face-to-face contact, you haven't got the peer-to-peer learning going on in the same way. Um, online learning might have been harder to, to pick into and pack into our, our timings. And we're having to focus on the core of the business because there's a lot of challenges going on. You can completely see why a focus on skills hasn't been maybe in this area. So, yeah, I mean, the CIM poll is interesting, as you say, because it's probably a self-selecting sample of the people who are the sort of exemplary uh, skills finders or skills improvers. But nevertheless, as you say, the empirical evidence is declining skills and more noise and less signal. It does seem, to pick it up on your point, Daniel, that the pandemic has taken yet another casualty then, hasn't it? Well, it has. But at the same time, I think yeah, you have to all you have to compete with is your competitors. So the reality is that if everyone's at a certain level, you just need to be better at the other people in your industry. And it, and it was it was fairly universal across the industries. We were sealing the full back. I think that it's an opportunity now to focus in on skills again and to actually say, look, if we want to compete in this environment, we're going to need to do better. I think it's good to actually be aware of the risks in this. So, for example, again, we saw this this gap in um, the roles that were managing teams and the roles that are kind of head of department. And what's basically happening is that they're telling people what to do, but they're not doing it themselves anymore. And therefore, they're not really thinking, well, I need to focus in on these skills because in reality, you know, they're telling other people to do it, but they don't know to ask the right questions. I think that's a real challenge. So I think just universally, we need to focus in on saying, even if I'm not doing this, I need to know about it because in reality, I need to direct people to do it. I need to ask the right questions. I need to challenge my agency. Um, agencies actually that i mean the nice thing was that agencies did better well above average but we've also done this from time is break everything down into quintiles so we could kind of work out you know in, in in each segment of those skills where did most people in a particular industry sit so i might say you know this industry sits at this level but actually within that what was the breakdown of exceptional people and what was the breakdown of you know people being in the bottom areas and that, that gave us a little bit more insight industry by industry. So we can dig a little bit deeper this time than we've ever been able to do before. And agency is one of those groups that had a lot more people in those top quintiles in the in the percentages that were doing really well in this. So that was that was great news. So it is it is a casualty, but at the same time, it's very fixable. It's fixable, Gemma Butler. Um, is, it, is, it, is this decline symptomatic do you think of other trends in the industry or is it just digital skills in your experience that have taken a hit over the last 12 months or so? I think from what what we've um, experienced at CIM is I don't think yeah digital has taken a hit digital skills have taken a hit and as we've as we know you have to you have to keep up skilled all the time just to stand still in some cases in digital so when you're hit with a pandemic and 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 the situation we've hit with where where do you something's got to take a hit when your focus is shifted we've seen you know we've seen a a, a big increase in people taking qualifications um and you know that that was self-funded qualifications as well so the shift from companies funding qualifications to people funding themselves dramatically just completely flipped um from what it was so and i think you know we need to sort of look at the fact that is this a symptom of where we are right now we're in a place of uncertainty and you know the question I keep asking is 
as more people focus on the broader skill sets, you know, the, the brand, the strategy, the communication, and the recruitment market is also a reflection of this because there are more marketing managers and marketing exec roles out there as opposed to specialist digital roles. When will that and will it flip around when suddenly digital takes back over in the future and, and everybody shifts to that? You know, things are cyclical, aren't they, generally? So, you know, we have seen a huge increase in, in marketers upskilling themselves. But as the recruitment market will show, there is still an enormous skills gap out there. So loads of jobs, not enough candidates with the right skills. Yeah, and to add into that as well, I mean, we're seeing the same thing where, you know, those digital roles, the, the salaries are actually inflating pretty quickly because you can't get the people. So that's causing challenges for organisations as well. People are looking at bringing stuff in-house more than they have before. So that means they've got to kind of keep those skills in-house. But bear in mind, with all this, our behaviours as individuals, what happened was that very much we were on social media more. OK, we're all on Zoom every day. So there was there was this big shift to digital. And what that meant is the likes of Google, Facebook, Zoom were all advancing their technologies really, really quickly. So digital marketing, you know, the surrounding technologies were moving even faster than normal. So put it in a circumstance where I can't necessarily upskill as quickly. The technology is moving even more quickly. You're bound to see this kind of shift backwards and people change their behaviours. Now, fundamentally, if I'm spending more time online, uh, and I'm using social media more, I'm going to learn to use it in a slightly more nuanced and different way. And that was reflected in the fact that as marketers, it's now our job to catch up and go, how are people interacting with us differently? What channels are they using? Um, this complete shift, you know, when I when I asked some of my um, students at Imperial College, you know, how many of you using TikTok a year and a half ago? Yeah, hardly any of them. 100% kind of saturation now. It's really interesting. And this isn't particularly scientific. This is just from asking in training course after training course. How long do you spend each day on TikTok? Uh, you know, it's supposed to be 45 minutes a day is the average user. There will always be someone in the room that says, oh, I spend two or three hours a day on there. You know, I end up kind of doom scrolling in the evening and spending hours. Media consumption has fragmented and changed. And it's not just about TikTok, it's about everything else. But the reality is that you've seen this huge change in behavior, advances in technology, people not having the ability to upskill because of pressures coming from other areas. This is a very natural kind of outcome of that. But when you see it reflected, it's pretty shocking. Is there danger then, Gemma Butler, that the consumer is becoming more sophisticated than the marketer and you've got to run faster and faster and faster just to stand still? I think the only thing that's becoming more sophisticated is the technology at the end of the day, isn't it? And, and our human abilities to keep up with it are always going to be behind because it is moving at such pace. I think that there's an interesting point around, you, you know, your data and the benchmark shows that seniority, those in higher uh, heads of and, and manager roles uh, and directors, they, their digital skill sets improved. But I think, you know, one of the things that you could say is the reason behind that is that with with junior members and marketing execs being furloughed or made redundant, suddenly there became a real need for those people in more senior positions to do the day to day. Therefore, they had to upskill in the day to day. So, you know, I think everything we're seeing is a reflection of where we are right now in our wider environment. There's been a big shift then, hasn't there, Daniel Rouse, on the demographics? I remember last time we spoke, yeah. it was the the, the, the greybeards, the people my sort of age and older who were way behind on the digital skills. And now Gemma's implication is that that's turned on its head and it's actually the juniors that are the laggards. 100%. So what we've seen is that the 
we kind of reflected on last time the fact that the universities, the CIM, were much better at upskilling those more more junior people, and they were coming out quite kind of well qualified into these kind of roles now. Well, obviously, with people being furloughed and people not necessarily recruiting for a while, that that kind of feed wasn't happening. Actually, I think a lot of the senior people realised from previously they had to keep an eye on this, and they're seeing their businesses change pretty radically, so they've had to have their eye on it. So what we've seen is this kind of connection between the you know the more senior the more you seem to know about that area however what's kind of hidden in the detail a little bit is that there's been fallbacks in all of those areas so it's the fallbacks have kind of evened it out and made it this way but it's still not good news it's not now that oh, all the all the business directors know what they're doing now they totally get this stuff there's just this huge gap still so i think that it, we we shouldn't i'm always cautious when we publish this of always saying oh yes it's good in this area it's no, it's not. It's kind of like it's it's the highest, but it's still terribly low. So I think it's it's starting from a pretty base point. But I think what, what Gemma says is absolutely right. It is reflective of, of what's happened over this period. I'm just very interested to see that as we have changed our, our behaviours as consumers, and this has been a constant, have we got the tools, the abilities in place to keep on adjusting and pivoting to this? Because the other area I do a lot of stuff in is digital transformation. And, you know, we've gone through this whole thing of saying, oh, you know, digital transformation. We transformed during the pandemic. We changed how we use digital. We're suddenly all on Zoom. And it's like, that's digitization. That's not transforming. And the risk is we say, oh, things are back to normal. We need to get back to the new normal and we need to go back to business as usual. And the danger is we suddenly take our foot off the off the accelerator and realize all our customers are over here and we're here. And it's like the gap's got even bigger. So I think there's a danger in that as well, that we're just trying to get back to normal. Well, normal's gone. So it's it needs to, and I don't like this new normal thing, but you know, it's, we need to say, where are we now? Where do we need to move forwards? And iteration is where it's at, as far as I'm concerned. It's the look at the data, interpret it, change, and just get into that cycle of constant change. And I'm always preaching, you know, transformation is not an endpoint. It's a, a new way of doing things. It's the ability to change quickly. That's really, for me, what this kind of highlights. I'm sitting here thumbing through the report and there's a few statistics in it that sort of stand out. They're actually the hardest hit competences. If you break this thing down, if you break this crash in skills down, the hardest hit areas are content marketing, mobile marketing and data and analytics. They seem to me to be pretty critical, Daniel Rouse. Is that what are the implications if we, as you say, don't pivot in to lean into learning how to keep up with these trends? I mean, the mobile one, first of all, you can kind of explain away because it's the most technical area. Um, mobile is everything, but it, it's it's a fairly technical area. So you can understand how that's been a challenge. We need to make sure that we're doing a better job of that because the, the fact that, you know, the audience is going to be predominantly on mobile in many cases. Um, content marketing terrifies me slightly because of the fact that we are pumping content out and we're not doing a great job of it. What was interesting is at the beginning of before this kind of happened, so back before covid there are about 50 years of content, a video coming onto YouTube every day. So it was about 50 years every day. By the end of it, it was 65 years of content. It's an extra 15 years of content every day. Um, and the number's even higher now. There's a lot of that stuff that's not getting looked at. So we're wasting our time if we're not doing it well. And that's the risk is there's this, we must do stuff, activity for the sake of it. But actually, like we've always been in digital marketing, we're jumping from one thing to the next without a decent strategy behind it. Um, my biggest concern, though, really is the analytics and data. And that is that we can do things, but if we can't measure it, we don't know how to iterate it and we don't know how to improve it, especially in a circumstance where you've got Google Analytics, you know, pretty universally being used. 
but they've got this new version GA4 coming out and everyone is pretty much in the dark about it. If you speak to people, they don't really get it. They don't know what it's about. They don't know what's going on. So it's a pretty big shift. So I think without that focus on analytics, data and measurement, we can't really judge where we are. It's very hard to improve things going forwards. And again, we end up being busy idiots if we're not careful, just pumping content out because we know oh, we must do social media. We must be on this channel. We must be on that channel. Um, the amount of people, I mean, I come back to the TikTok point, the amount of people say, oh, well, should we be on TikTok? And it's like, no, you're a B2B brand. It's not going to work. And even consumer brands, it's not always working. So, you know, activity for the sake of it isn't the solution. Gemma Butler, I mean, we, we know that general marketing skills, general marketing skills are going higher. But Daniel Rouse is saying that nevertheless, we could end up being a generation of busy idiots unless we fix the data and analytics and content marketing side as well. I think, I think digital has turned us into busy idiots. I mean, let's face it, you take what you do and you break it up into loads of different pieces and hope that somebody sees it and you spread it across so many different channels in bite-sized pieces, don't you? So it creates that sense of urgency. I think I agree with everything you say around content marketing. People panicked and just started pumping out. They felt that they should pump out as much content as they possibly could and kind of missed the point. I mean, certainly for, for my team, we actually stopped doing an, a probably three quarters of our content. And, you know, it did raise some questions at the start, but it was like, let's stop, let's engage on certain things and see what the sentiment is and go from there. Whereas, you know, everyone else just filled those channels up with whatever they could because they thought, you know, at least someone will see it, you know, and anyone, it doesn't really matter. I think around data and analytics, I mean, could it be that sort of one of the problems is, is with everyone moving to digital channels, we've got more data and analytics than we've ever had before. So yeah. suddenly this tsunami of data has come in and we struggled with big data anyway, didn't we? So add to that two years of extreme data. Well, you're lost at sea, aren't you? You are. And I think the thing is, if you're if you're overwhelmed time wise, taking the time to step back, look at the data, analyze it, change something, implement it, look at it again. It's just not happening from that point of view as well. So that 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 creates a big thing. The other the other trend in the background to this as well that started happening is this whole thing with privacy, with third party cookies, you know, starting to move away from those kind of things. And it's this sudden realization that just relying on Facebook to have all the data and Google to have all the data and we kind of have our Facebook page and our stuff here. Actually, we need to think about owning those relationships a little bit more again and getting back to the core of marketing, you know, not maybe influencers, but maybe advocates and maybe think about getting people to our website and actually engaging with building community again as well. There was a study that, you know, the CIM did a, a, about the whole sustainable marketing stuff, which is obviously you know, something very close to Gemma's kind of heart. And the reality is that if people are judging brands on their ethics, they're judging them on their sustainability, they're judging them on how well they're using privacy. We need to really think about stop shouting stuff and actually have these conversations be much closer to those those kind of customers and potential customers. So I think selectively using things exactly as Gemma said, not just doing everything, but doing less, but doing it better is actually maybe a healthy thing that will come out of this and focusing on some key areas. We've all been swamped. We've been swamped in both directions, though, haven't we? We've been swamped as consumers of content because we've mm. been sat home boxed in for 12, 18 months. And we've been swamped to some extent, become busy idiots, as Gemma says, as producers of content, the feeling that something must be done. We must do stuff. And we've forgotten the, the less is more mantra. But to try and get a bit more intelligence 
a bit more targeting into our output, uh, we do need to start a sharpen up. The, the report tells that story in, in, in primary colours. And yet you flip through it, you find that uh, young people feel that they are losing skills because uh, they've not been uh, close to colleagues or they, they've not, they're not learning on the job as much as they were. You find with the CIM research that uh, says that 71% of 16 to 24 year olds believe they've missed out on training opportunities due to the pandemic. Um, and a third, more than a third, actually feel they're less confident in their abilities since the pandemic. It's a, it's a classic question on the CIM podcast, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is that are the circumstances of our working practices to some degree causing this? Is it the, you know, working from home all the time, barely seeing each other, uh, being under pressure for time and putting uh, uh, output out because we're at home and having to be seen to be doing things that has created more noise than aroused than signal? Well, I think that's the kind of circumstance it's gone to. It doesn't need to be this way. I mean, the things, you know, I run an online training business, so I would suggest that there are solutions that can kind of fix this. Um, the courses that I'm running for the CIM, you know, we're, we're doing online courses. We're getting great delivery of those, great feedback and all those kind of things. So I think it's a changing culture, right? And I think fundamentally, digital transformation, we always come back to saying it's actually about cultural change. This is the same thing, okay? We need those learning interventions that are online and face-to-face. Um, you know, one doesn't replace the other, I don't think. But I would also say that actually it's individuals have started taking responsibility for this more suddenly. So as Gemma said, you know, people self-funding qualifications. Well, that's really good. I'm taking responsibility for my learning. The organisations need to take responsibility for their employees' learnings in these circumstances. And if those two things happen and we don't just go, let's go to a training course on a jolly for two days and then go back to work and do you know nothing any different, which has been the story for 30 years, actually... Let's do the face-to-face stuff. Let's reinforce it with online. Let's do online and reinforce it face-to-face. And if we mix those things and come up with a kind of hybrid solution, I think that's great. I think that people are looking at how their lives operate, you know, working from home, working in the office. And I think there's some massive positives from that. But we all know there's some downsides to it as well. And it's the same for upskilling. We need to go through and we need to make sure that we're getting the best out of both worlds to bring that together. And if we do that, this actually should give us a bit of a rocket to do that. So I think it's good news. I think I agree. I think it's good news. I think what one thing it's done is having having this hybrid of virtual and face to face. Suddenly we've opened up training to way more people, way more population globally than ever before. Access to training has just exploded. And that can only be a good thing. You talked about this culture shift, though, Gemma, that you we've got to make a New Year's resolution, if you like, to shift our culture away from it sounds to me like the sort of over output, the doing too much. You know, running on a treadmill to try and keep things going. And I think hopefully that will slow down. I think the biggest conversation being had today is around hybrid working. Organisations are trying to get that balance right. People are trying to get that balance right. You know, do I want to stay at home? There's, there's positives and negatives there. Do I want to mix with people? Absolutely. We do need to have human interaction, you know, 
in order to learn those things that you can't learn through formal training or a qualification. Those life skills, you know, communication skills, as in people knowing how to communicate to other people, has fallen back. But that's not just during the last two years. That That's a skill that has fallen away since the start of social media when everyone thinks, you know, sits behind a keyboard or behind their phone. So I think culturally, I'd like to think that as organizations now look forward and I think your point Daniel around sustainability is going to be a big catalyst for that and start thinking longer term you can maybe stop being so reactive and give yourself a chance to think your messaging will have to be so much more than just it has to go beyond your products and services and what you're doing for societal good and again hopefully that will cause people to be more strategic and use you know digital in a, in a much better way, uh, in, a, in a way that adds way more value. So culture shift and recognising what's gone wrong over the last couple of years or so, important. But in terms of giving ourselves a shot in the arm, if you like, as a catalyst to get this, this change moving, obviously recruitment is the obvious port of call. Do, do you think, Daniel, from your experience, recruiters are getting it right? They know where the weaknesses are. Are they hiring for the right roles? Um, no, I mean, I think that the, the challenge is that reality is that there aren't the people out there to recruit because the skills are kind of lacking. So actually, a lot of the big brands we're working with have stopped recruiting on skills and they're recruiting on capability to, in, to get those skills. So the whole thing of, you know, have they got the right attitude? Would they fit with the culture? Um, are they a, a, are they curious? Are they someone that really wants to learn and will continue to learn? And actually, that's the basis we should be recruiting on. Will we ride out the storm, Daniel, in the next six months? When we're speaking next Christmas, will it be a bonnier picture in the world of digital marketing? Yeah, I think it definitely will. I mean, I, 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 you can see it happening already. Some organisations are recruiting in different ways. People are realising that there is going to be no quick win to this, so we're going to need to actually invest to, to solve things as well. We've had a huge increase in, in people benchmarking themselves and organisations trying to benchmark themselves to really go, OK, look, we need to face up to this. Where are, how are we as an organisation? So, Gemma, there's a bit of a kick up the backside from this report, but sometimes we need a bit of a kick up the backside. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, I think the, the main thing is that, is that marketing as a function has been elevated and it's really proved its value to organisations. It's uh, it's no longer being seen as that end of funnel piece, which just advertises and sells you stuff. And, you know, for a long time, we've been saying at CIM that, you know, you need to focus on your professional development and keep that going all the time. And, and the message suddenly has got through. It's only taken a pandemic to get us there. We now just need to calm down and look at where we need to upskill and not necessarily lead our skills by what the environment's saying, but by what we want to do as marketers. Well, the report's available now at targetinternet.com forward slash benchmark. The message is keep calm and look to the future. Daniel, Gemma Butler, thank you very much and happy Christmas to both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much and happy Christmas to you too. Thank you. From all of us at CIM, thank you for tuning in to the CIM Marketing Podcast this year. Throughout our time of uncertainty, upskilling and adaptation, we hope you've enjoyed joining us every fortnight. As it's the season of goodwill, we'd love to hear your feedback on the series. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a rating or review. We'll be back in 2022 with more great episodes, but in the meantime, follow us on social media at CIM underscore marketing to keep up to date. 
See you next year. CIM Marketing Podcast.